Welcome to episode six of the Foyne Jones Show. This season, we are inspiring the next generation and we're inspiring our stars of the future. I'm joined by a guest who's got a lifetime of experience in building materials. He's a well-known personality, Paul Heverington. You're going to love this conversation. Here we go. And thank you, Paul. I've definitely got a thing. I've definitely got a thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the studio. We are recording today. It's been a traumatic few days for me, and anyone who knows what football team I support will know when I'm saying this and why I'm saying this. But the thing, thing, things got even worse, and I will give a shout-out to the RAC um, later, and I'll tell you how bad things have got this week. But they've all of a sudden, they've all of a sudden, in episode six of season six, they've got so much better we're going to be inspiring our stars of the future and sitting over that side of the studio joining myself and charlie in this episode i've got paul heverington how are you paul i'm very well thanks peter you're looking forward to this mate podcast podcast virgin podcast debut it is yes yes i'm very much looking forward to you i know you've been listening to the previous episode so we've got a lot going on but I'm going to set the scene because this is this is fantastic. Be Down, gentle with me. Please. I'll be very gentle. <laughs> Downstairs, we're going to break you in early. I made it as gentle as I could. It was like a Huddersfield love fest down there. <laughs> All right, it was a Huddersfield love fest. We got producer Charlie. Here we go. We've got Paul, and we've got even myself thrown a little bit of when I was watching Fulham play Huddersfield Town in as well. So there's a Huddersfield, Huddersfield love fest, but more importantly, I think we've got two very distinct accents in the studio today. <laughs> we've got a West Yorkshire accent, and we've got a West London accent, and we're going to use our experience, and more particularly, Paul, your amazing career to inspire our stars of the future. Welcome to the show. Was it a good journey from the Sunshine Coast, mate? Because you're not far away now. You're in Eastbourne. It's a beautiful journey down Sun the coast. Out. Yeah, I even went via New Haven. So you went via, you went via our offices, <laughs> mate. Did. You went via our offices, which, as I've been told by Holly in the last episode, they are not in New Haven Marina. Please tell people they're on Denton Island, because... I keep saying the marina, people keep turning up at the wrong place. So we are on Denton Island, near the marina. Yeah, marina's quite... Uh, Sounds more exotic, doesn't <laughs> it, Paul? Right? An interesting uh, description for uh, New Haven. Oh, I'll tell you what, what, what an area of potential. What an area of potential. I think gentrification could change that postcode amazingly. It really could. But how did you find yourself in Eastbourne, Paul? Because it's a long way from the uh, the Dows of West Yorkshire, isn't it? It is. It's a long, long story, that, uh, Peter. Um, work. Um, so I um, relocated down from Shrewsbury um, when I was uh, headhunted uh, to uh, run a company called Marshall Tuflex over in Hastings. And uh, so that's probably eight years ago or so. Um, and just the sunshine, mate. Oh, and everybody who follows me on LinkedIn will see that I'm constantly... You, Paul, you... I, Paul, I love it. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is, I played a game with you. You've got me LinkedIn. You've got me on LinkedIn. You've got me. You've got me because you're you're put yourself on the beach or you out the window with your dog. And I'm like, yeah, right, I can do that as well. Uh, me and Snoop are down at Seaford Beach. We can rock and roll. And um, I mean, that, that's that's one of the reasons you you ended up on the. I know we we spoke previously, but it's one of the reasons you're on the show. Too today is that you kind of you really celebrate the local area and you're you're proud of where you live but you've got a career which will resonate with so many of our listeners and so many of our connections because you've been you've been at very senior level you know so you've got great advice to give back on that journey and that's 
what I want to what I want to start with for this episode, Charlie. I think it'd be the best way to do it is is let's 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 take five or ten minutes just to bring your story to life because not everyone will know you as well as we do now. <laughs> so let's let's talk us through what happened before you arrived at Marshall's Tough Flex in Hastings, the the career because it it touches so many of our merchant listeners, so many of our construction supply listeners, and almost you know with some of the other things you've been doing, some of the higher end luxury brands of businesses that that we're very close to at Foyne Jones. Yeah, I've been in the uh, building materials game all my life, pretty much, um, except for a quick sojourn over into uh, distribution when I was at BSS Zenith as the uh, sales director for a couple of years. Um, the then and then we bought PTS and uh, and that just went on to phenomenal things. Um, so it's been a, a real uh, fabulous time, going all the way back to Huddersfield. Um, so I don't know if you, how you want me to. Do you want me to go back from the last? And uh, I, I think I think that, that, let's give people an understanding of of your career because you've said there, Paul. You said a lifetime in building materials. Yeah, yeah. Let's just take some of the highlights. Give me two or three highlights of that journey to where you are now. I think um, highlight number one. Highlight number one would be when I was the um, national sales manager at uh, Bolton and Paul. And we got bought by the rugby group, and that all crunched together to uh, create um, rugby joinery. And then eventually that became uh, Geldwin, but I'd left by then. And I was put in charge of uh, putting a customer service, became customer service director and put in about 300 people from disparate places to absolute rivals Hated rivals. Um, and I can remember because I worked for the Norfolk Mafia of, uh, of Bolton and Paul, and they used to tease me about my accent. And I, and I said to them when we got bought, wait until you visit Doncaster. You'll mm. think I'm posh. Uh, I've got... I, I sponsor a... Bol- I sponsor a... Bol- uh, no, do I? I sponsor... We sponsor a boxer called Brad the Phoenix Cousins. Doncaster's his hometown, mate. I spend so much time up there, like staying at the Racecourse Hotel, watching him fight. I'm a regular at Zinuto's, his mate Jimmy Zinuto's restaurant. Like, you know, we, I love the place, I love the people. Um, with my boy doing his training with the Paras, he was up at Catterick, so I got, you know, there, there were some beautiful villages in, in, in yeah. North Yorkshire, Kirkby Fleetham, North Allerton first, you know, and the people are warm, the people are lovely. Um, but I think what you said, if we go back to it, mate, you know, that, that two rivals that hated each other... Yeah, you're bang on there. That that was that was a thing, okay? Because you was either one camp or the other. How on earth did you integrate that? That could have been all sweetness and light, Mister Heverington. Yeah, yeah, with some phenomenal people, um, as always. And um, I uh, recruit for a call centre, and we had joinery centres and what have you, and um, just. Um, Spending time with people and uh, going through the challenges that they faced and why they didn't like this, why they didn't like that. But both, um, and both sets, both the Bolton and Paul team, of which some are very senior people within the industry now, um, and the John Carr and similarly. Mm. And I still stay in touch with, uh, from those days, people that um, I recruited uh, then. Well, we were, talk- we were talking downstairs, and you know, it- it's amazing how different industries, different lifetimes, different different roles. But 
they do touch each other. You know, I was talking about companies I work for and personalities within that business that, you know, I haven't worked for for 20-odd years, but I still remember it like it was yesterday because they were such monumental moments in my career and and in my journey. And... that's why it's good to, to draw on the highlights. So, so that's highlight one, Paul. And well, I, what, I'd say, go on. And I, I'd say it was at the time, arguably, um, to, for a while, it was a low light. And one one thing I would say is my highlights, looking back, were often the most challenging times at the time. Mm. And the the team of people that you have around you, and and you create like a an esprit de corps of people that when you've really been through those times and come out the other end, um, it's something special. And so that I would say was um, very much a highlight. Another was a, a similar sort of um, uh, tough time in that I, I'd uh, uh, left. BSS Zenith or BSS at the, at the time uh, did an MBA and then I was getting back into business and uh, and I got recruited by Alumask to run their uh, Alumask interior building products division which was Pendock and I arrived uh, in front of the chairman on my first day and he said well you know that the managing director has left um, and I said yeah that's why you recruited me said, did we mention that all the board had left hmm. no uh, and gone to the key competitor, no, funded by your sole supplier. Yeah, no, you didn't mention that. Yeah, good start. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was quite a start. But then at least I thought, well, uh, I can't fuck it up anyway. Well, um, no, I mean, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> when, when it's right down, when, when it's right down, so right, mate, we got we got parental parental content. You know, we've got it in there, mate. It comes up. We're okay. Uh, we do drop the odd swear word on the Falling Jones show because it's for impact, and people seem to talk that way to us. But when it when you join that when you when you arrive in a role a position a new job a, a leadership position and it is in that kind of condition as tough as it will be and i loved what you said mate when you said looking back because it's easy looking back um when you look back and you're more mature in life you know you can easily you can say the most challenging times are actually the best times because that's when you you see the real you and everything comes to life um the other the other angle on that is it, it really can't get much worse so if you put a few basic disciplines in place get some good people approach it the right way you'll start making a marginal gains that lead to success and the amount of guests I've had on and people have shared their stories, they talk about well we'll just, we'll, we'll go and we'll go again if we do, if we consistently do the right thing, we do it better than others the results will follow and yeah, you know, there, there'll be elements of an MBA that tell you that, there'll be elements of your own upbringing, your life skills, your parenting that get you there, but hard work, determination, smile on your face, I guess that's something you, you must be really proud of, Paul. I am, and and, uh, and again, um, I brought some people along from my previous uh, organisations to help some amazing people, uh, Heather and Helen, who I still sort of stay in touch with, who uh, were core to helping this turn that round and, and move things on. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we don't... I mean, I'm pretty sure Heather and Helen are both listeners to the show. <laughs> all right? So, look into that camera. Hello, Heather. <laughs> Hello, Helen. You know, but but isn't that amazing? You, you can look at any business, shape, size, sector, industry, route to market, and the key aspect is people. Oh, always. Key aspect is people. So, we've got those couple of highlights. Yeah. What I want you to do now for me, Paul... Um, Looking at the industry that you've spent your lifetime in, why are we, because we are, why are we challenging to attract the best 
young, but the most the talented of the younger generation. What, what, where do you see the opportunity? Where do you see the threats? And what do you think the industry itself can do? And I know you've been involved with different federations. You're in different. Yeah. You're doing different things now. We'll come on to what you're doing now. But with your experience, what do you think the industry needs to do to to get noticed more and not just inspire our stars of the future, but attract them and get them to want to work in the businesses that we've worked in? Yeah, I think we need to publicise some of the incredible stories um, of the past. I mean. I was on the board of the Builders Merchant Federation mm. and John there's doing an excellent job putting out to the world about the builders merchant industry and, and about the building materials. But if you think of two or three characters that are absolutely um, giants in the industry, historical, historically like uh, Peter Hindle, um, who we were talking about earlier, was the, uh, went on to the board of Sangaban, was chief exec in, uh, um, at Juicens. But and start, Peter tells a story. Yeah, and he you, started on a forklift truck. In Blackpool. Yeah. Um, you take some others that um, um, have, and there's such a route. If you want to be a millionaire, if you want to... Just, just, just take that back, though. Like, you know, you look at what Peter's achieved. Amazing. Amazing. Inspirational. And it begun there. But there's some, if you want a route to become a multimillionaire... The builder's merchant industry is one of the easiest ways to do it because if you uh, work your way up to a branch manager, do really well, get on with some customers, etc., set up your own branch, you're off and away. Look, mm. think how many characters in the industry now did that. Mm. You know, whether you look at um, David at MKM, you know, incredible success story. Phenomenal. From, you know, time at uh, Harcross and then setting up the branch in Hull. Throughout, there's so many incredible people that are entrepreneurial. And any young person today that has that verve and vigor, Builders Merchanting um, is a very good way to make it all the way. Well, I'm a, I'm a builder's merchant boy first, all right? And um, you know, people know my story, all right? We, I celebrate it. I'm proud of being a builder's merchant boy. I'm proud of what I achieved at a young age. I'm also really proud that, you know, when I walked away as a running London sales director for Juicen at the time, that's, that's, that's what I was, Juicen Sangabear, um, I've been able for 19 years now to support industries that I'm so passionate about. So whether you're a manufacturer supplying to a merchant, whether you're a manufacturer supplying on specifications to architects and developers, um, merchants big and small, what, what you know, across the UK, um, I'm proud to be a specialist recruitment partner for that. And I do see the challenges. And what you said there, Paul, is bang on the money, mate, yeah? There's a lot of good work being done, but there is no way we are showcasing it enough. There is no way it's being positioned as attractive as it could be for a school leaver, for a college leaver, for a uni leaver, for an ex-offender, for an ex-serviceman, someone ex-military. Because those individuals are so talented and you don't have to be, you could be really academic, could be really successful, but you don't have to be that academic. Hello, you know, I, I wasn't that academic. I didn't go uni, you know, but I went to school, I went to college and, and, I, and I did okay. I think the, hearing it from you saying that it's, there's such a great pathway is brilliant to hear. What more do you think we could do? 
well, I think I think we have to make it real um, by publicising some of the the people, the mm. characters that have done these incredible journeys, uh, but also some of the uh, the on the building material side of things. It's very exciting things going on in material technology yeah. in. Um, in web st stuff, there's also the the disintermediators, which are the uh, selling stuff on the web, and and the uh, I know the merchants have had a, a real challenge over the years, and you know looking competing with the likes of Screwfix yeah. and Toolstation, and how everything changes, and the the rise of the catalog again, um, and the uh, catalog type shopping is is a challenge. But it also, I think these days as well, the, the opportunity for those web-based businesses to be media businesses. You know, I was reading recently that any business that wants to get on in selling stuff on the, on the website needs to be first and foremost a media business, mm. whatever they're selling. And you can see that from the characters you can see from your podcast. You can see, you know, where the world's going there. And people buy into authentic people. Mm. And uh, so I think there's just everything. I know at Marshall Tuflex, we got it, uh, involved in a lot of apprenticeships. But if you were interested in marketing, we had marketing positions. If you were interested in manufacturing, we had manufacturing, accountancy. So on the building material side and factory side of things. Factories now are not the dark satanic mills of The dark of satanic mills. There they we are. go. We're getting in there now, <laughs> mate. Bring me my bow of burning gold. They are super like that, mod. There you um, go. Super mod robotic yeah. automation. Oh, I mean, some of them. I mean, I've been, I've, I've been lucky enough to be invited to some of the, some amazing factories yeah. in Spain, in Italy, in Milan. And they're like Disney World. Yeah. You know, it is, it's like, wow, look at this. It's like... Show stopping, like you, you just get drawn in. But I think, I think you know, what what you said there, and and I'm so passionate about apprenticeships. And there are some really good people doing some great things. The BMF and Leap are doing great things. Um, we we work very closely with another apprenticeship provider, and we help them recruit trainers. There's some great stuff being do, done by Damian Waters with a BIKBBI about you know installers and fitters and and you know looking at that 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 trade because we could have the most beautiful product in the world, but if they're fitted like a gorilla or fitted like an ape, they're not going to look that nice Absolutely. in your gaff, mate, are they? Absolutely. So, And you, you know that with some yeah. of the brands you've been yeah. involved in. I say this to people, Paul, and I'm really passionate about this. I've got a specialist recruitment business, all right? We're doing really well. We're 19 years in. We have offered recruitment apprenticeships. Tick. I've offered digital marketing apprenticeships. I've offered content creation apprenticeships. I've offered degree-level apprenticeships for my team. So so if a business like mine can have three or four different apprentices go through and go on to great things, you know, Callum, who did his digital apprenticeship with me, he moved on to go and work on Diary of a CEO. He done, he done anything for Stephen Bartlett. Like, you know, that's, that's something... Amazing for him, amazing for his family. Yeah. But he did his apprenticeship editing, editing my stuff. You know, Jack's Jack's been with her. Jack's been a brilliant job. He's done his degree apprenticeship. He's gone on to do great things. So if you're brave enough to bring someone in and support them, 
what's one of the most proudest things I, I, I look back in is that look, you know, we pu- push people on their way. Yeah, you know, people may move on, they may stay. They, I've got others that are still with me and they're doing brilliant. But if I can do it with my business and I don't have that many employment pathways, so I have to be creative to think about it. The larger groups or the more, you know, more more jobs, more structure, more sites. If you're doing something to invite people in and develop them, you actually can be inspiring our stars of the future. And that's that's what this episode is all about, Paul. So when we come back after the break, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about football, mainly about your football team, because I don't really want to talk about Good mine. result of the weekend. I don't want to talk about mine after, after recent events. I don't really want to say too much, but... I didn't think we get. I, I thought we. I wanted us to think finish fourth, bottom, or above. You know, we punched well above our weight. We got to a quarter final of the FA Cup. We didn't win that quarter final of the FA Cup. We're still in the top ten in the Premier League. It's all to play for. We're just going to be doing it without our goal scorer for a while, I would imagine. But I am, I think, over it now. So second half of the show, we're going to talk about what Paul's doing now. We're going to talk about Leeds, Leeds, and Leeds, and. Um, and then we'll be giving some advice to the next generation, mate. You up for that? I'm up for that. All right, Absolutely. see you after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready? The digital revolution is no longer a spectator sport. It's game on. The magical art of storytelling is the future. Social, content, branding, podcasts, video marketing, and virtual 360 tours. This is Jones Digital. Okay, so they were back on a Huddersfield Love Fest. It was like a Huddersfield Love Train during the break there. But um, Paul, Charlie, and Paul, you've got a beautiful voice for radio, according to your Huddersfield friend over there. You know what I mean? I was was almost get a room, guys, yeah? Get a room, this is my podcast. Uh, First time I've heard that ever, I Big, big, big love to the people at Huddersfield. And we spoke, Paul, before the break, we spoke about inspiring the next generation. We spoke about personality we spoke about people and you said to me downstairs with the work you're doing at the moment you know you're advising businesses look right now attracting people's hard oh, recruitment's yeah, hard talent attraction's hard yeah so when you're in your role because at the moment we i want to come on to this so people know what paul's doing now and i'm going to call it what i would call it and i may be controversial but you're doing some amazing stuff with vistage at the moment aren't you uh, Vistage. Vistage. <laughs> Vistage to me, Vistage to you. Um, it's like Hyacinth Bouquet all, all over, isn't it? But with Vistage, mate, because that, that, that's what drew me into wanting to get you involved because you're advising so many businesses, senior people, you know, real leaders you're, you're advising. Uh, talk to me about that, Paul. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say, not necessarily so much advising. Um, so Vistage is just the most incredible organisation. It's been going for nearly Supporting? S- uh, 70 years. Networking with, promoting? Um, coaching. And, That's a good um, And what, what we do is we um, work with... Uh, the leaders in in Sussex um, and a, a little bit of Kent from all sorts of different uh, organisations, business owners and CEOs, and uh, to help them become better leaders, to make better decisions, but also to lead more balanced lives. And uh, and what we do is we meet once a month and I get in in the morning, a world-class speaker, whether it's on recruitment, whether it's on psychometrics, like it was at the last meeting, marketing, 
finance, uh, economics, or, or whatever it may be. And we have a workshop with this world-class speaker. I mean, you mentioned Stephen Bartlett. We've got uh, Stephen Bartlett speaking at our national conference in, in the end of June. And and so we we're, have we're this... We're not pals, mate. I just, I, just, <laughs> I, just admire, I just admire anyone who's achieved yeah. what they've achieved. I think it's... Oh, he's incredible. I, I, he's absolutely you know, awesome. And, and when every episode drops his podcast, I think, I wish I had that guest list. You know, it's... Uh, but, but fair play to him. You know, he's, he's achieved amazing things. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. And then in the afternoons, what we do is we address our issues um, as businesses um, amongst... 16, 12 to 16 CEOs from a, a vast array of different sectors. So once I have a, a lawyer in the group and I have a managing partner of a fantastic law firm in the group, uh, once we have one, we don't have any more. So it's very much a confidential area, but it's the true area of diversity because what you have is people who go into law or accountancy or manufacturing or technology or media think differently. Mm. But we all face similar problems like recruitment, like training, etc. And so when like, we come like, at those... Like paying the bills, like, like making <laughs> Absolutely. money. You know? Absolutely. These, these are real challenges Growing. faced by every sector. And, and I, I love what you said there because I, I, I say this a lot. I take inspiration from so many different places. It could be professional sport. It could be fashion. It could be music. It could be, you know, a completely different industry to what yeah. I'm involved in. But that to me is is where it really can happen because oh, the magic if you take Absolutely. something from something that works, you know, and I read a lot and I, and I and I kind of work out how that will be in my world, um, and that inspiration I get, you know, if I just looked at the sectors I recruit for and businesses kind of similar to mine, it'd be quite, you know, we'd just be another one of them. But by drawing different influences in from there and there and wow, look at what they're doing there, look at the way they're motivating people, the way they coach. That has helped me. And, yeah, you get some stuff wrong, but, my God, when you get it right, it feels so good. And if you can learn from the odd mistake and learn from the lows, you know, like you said, the low light can be something you look back on as as being very, very special. I often share, Paul, I often say that I learnt the most about myself during the toughest 18 months I've ever experienced in my life. Before that moment, I thought I was invincible. You know, everything I do goes well. Yes, get that job, get that job, get that job. Great first year, great second year. You know, everything's flying. Bank balance is bigger, house is bigger, car's bigger. And then all of a sudden, nearly lost a lot. When you get that and you're you're that scared and you've got to rebuild, you've got to keep going, you've got to be humble, that's when I learned about myself, mate, all day long. Yeah. All day long. And that's why when I look now, if we can use these conversations to inspire the stars of the future and pick just a little bit of the coaching, the support, the networking that you're offering your your members or your group, the people involved in Vistage, wow, how good's that? Yeah, I think it's really critical because the young today are amazing. Like you said, all the apprentices that I've ever, you know, taken on uh, that have lasted the the years have been some of the most loyal, the brightest people in in the organisation. There's so much rubbish talked about the uh, youngsters of today. You know, you get the people in and working, they're fantastic. Mm. Yes, they want different things at times, but they've had a tough old time. If you you know, if you think what they've been through over the last we spoke about Charlie and I spoke about when we was when we was in in the last episode or when we was on location at Smeg, and there were some amazing young 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 professionals in the marketing team, and the the girls were saying, you know, like, yeah, I didn't want to go uni. I, I went to retail, whatever. I did go uni, and but. 
they had everything affected. They had their education affected. They had their Absolutely. they had their kind of you know turning eighteen and going out affected. They had life affected. Um, we, we like me and you were joking about it. We kind of got away with it being, being a bit older. We walked the dog. We, you know, we sort of uh, this is all right. You know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But you know, we, I, I, I'm at a position where I'm very married and I've got very grown up family and I'm okay to kind of do yeah. nothing. I'm quite happy doing nothing, Charlie. To be fair, <laughs> but when you but when you're someone who's who's at a different stage of their life, they have been affected. Um, I honestly believe that collectively, as an industry, we can do more to bring in bring in our stars of the future. So, Paul, again, thank you for for being so open and and with what you're doing at the moment. Just talk to us about that about, about that about, about that a little bit more. Are there are there new people that can reach out to you? Is there is there space for others to come on? So I, I was quite flattered when you rang me and said, "We're about it." I thought, yeah. this is good." Um, yeah. I, 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 one area I uh, I'm looking for at the moment is recruitment. Funnily enough, um, but uh, also uh, marketing. And um, I was looking for a charity, but I've got a fabulous new member in charity, so that's uh, dealt with. And uh, software. Mm. Um, so those are the sort of three areas I'm currently um, actively looking for. So there's quite a selection method, though, because my group of uh, CEOs and business owners um, expect me to make sure that anybody coming to the group adds to the group. Mm. And it's back to that diversity. Incredibly important that people think slightly different from the people that are there so that the angles that people come at to solve problems is slightly different. Mm. Um, so it's it's a bit of a, it's not for everybody, absolutely, and not everybody fits in. Um, but yeah, absolutely, contact me on LinkedIn well, you know, or we'll, whatever. We'll, we'll share this, Paul. We might, we, we'll share this, we'll promote this. I think that you have got a lifetime of experience. You've got the perfect voice for a podcast. We call it a Charlie. <laughs> but, but more importantly, you're passionate and you're passionate about people. And you're also lovely seamless link here. Charlie loves, loves it when I do this. You're also passionate about football, all right? So... We're going to march on to this section. We'll march on together, shall we? We'll be marching on you, together. Brad. That's for Brad Absolutely. the Phoenix. We're going to march on together. We're Leeds, Leeds and Leeds. Um, are you going to stay up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Final answer? Um, Committed? Absolutely. No question whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, might be fourth or fifth from bottom, but we'll be staying up. I would have um, shook your hand on that in August for Fulham. So, like... <laughs> I, was, I loved Marcello. I think he was just... Uh, well, just amazing for the club. Amazing in so much more than football as well. Um, uh, Jesse, um, I think the uh, the American series uh, didn't do a lot. You know, we all think of an American manager um, off Apple TV rather than necessarily in the Premiership. So, uh, so that's that... happened a couple of times now, though, hasn't it? You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think it's, I mean the football's brutal, right? So, so, so that, you know, do, you, do you remember Jason Jason Lee pineapple on his head? You know, like you know, football can be brutal. You know, yeah. Tony Adams, one of our, one of our most amazing captains, inspirational, battling back for what he did. You know. The sun, donkey, like you know, and you go on and on and on, don't you? Football, yeah. the press, yeah. it is brutal. Um, but I'm going to tell you a little. I'm going to bring Fulham in slightly. There's, there's, there's one of the overriding memories I have of Fulham's kind of first time we got to the Premier League under Tagana, and we stayed up for 13 years. I remember one thing in particular: we didn't beat Leeds that often, but whenever we played them, 
Mark Viduka scored. Oh, yeah. You know, he just yeah. had to turn up. Like, and he'd be banging it in when he's at the back post. He'd be curling it from the edge of the box. It was like, if Mark Viduka plays Fulham, he scores. I think it, coinc- it, cos- it coincided with his negotiation at the time. <laughs> you could see, yeah, almost right? see Mark Viduka's n- numbers of goals he scored was um, along his negotiating for his next deal. Once he'd got that, <laughs> they, they dried up a little bit. But my time at Fulham, actually... Um, I remember my 50th birthday going with Huddersfield Town. I've probably seen ta- Huddersfield Town more often <laughs> than Leeds. Charlie's off again. You mentioned Huddersfield. Charlie, did you go uni there? Did I mention it? Yeah, well, uh, just, just, just to everyone. <laughs> and, uh, and Town lost 5-0 for my 50th, which was, uh, which was uh, quite uh, an interesting uh, discussion in the... Uh, in the curry we, house we, we afterwards. Do, I, I, t- I told you about the time we won we won five one away, and the only goal I saw, I saw was Huddersfield's penalty to put them one up. <laughs> and then I went to the bar, right, which was strangely still serving. I thought that'd do. I'm, we're not going. You kept hearing the cheers. I'm like, well, I don't want to go out there because like, they might <laughs> stop scoring. Um, but 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 you you got soft spot for Huddersfield. But Leeds is your team, yeah. right? So Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Who's your favourite all time Leeds player? That's a, a really, really good question. I would. I only do good questions I, on my I, podcast, Paul. I, I would say, um, Batty. Oh, David Batty. David Batty bites your ankles. Um, yeah, I, I would probably say that. Um, he was or pro- Alan Smith. Batty was a proper number four, wasn't he? Like, yeah. like if you imagine a number four, he was that number four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Young Alan Smith was good at Leeds, wasn't oof. he? Uh, very, very, very good. So I, I would say I, I, my first experience was going to Paul Reaney's testimonial. Mm. Um, so I just saw a, a little bit of the sort of classic era. Uh, and then we had a long time in the lower divisions, a long time. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I would say um, probably that midfield. I mean, it was such a... a it could have been before he went to Liverpool, Kewell, but um, we don't talk about him really anymore. Um, yeah, I'd have to say Batty's Leeds. I mean, that, that, Dave, that David O'Leary team, you know, the, 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 I mean, it was stick or the twist or bust when it, yeah, you know, yeah, it, was, it, yeah. it, it kind of went there. But I, I always admire, admire as a captain, I always admired Lucas Radderby. I, I always thought from a, oh, from, absolutely. From, from a football, from a centre-ass perspective, from a real composed player, um, I always admired him. And as a man. Yeah, I think that's where I am with it. I think, I think that was the thing. Um, at the moment, I, re, I really, like the, the Kaiser. Uh, what? Kite the Kaiser, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like like the uh, Harrison. Like, I really like him. I think he's 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 a good player at the moment. But yeah, but, yeah. He but is I, very I, good. I, I, I want teams like Leeds to stay up because I think the Premier League's a better play. I mean, how look at me, I want teams to stay up because we're gonna stay up, you know. But I would like Leeds to stay up. So, mate, look, let's let's hope that we're marching on together and we're at a Fulham Leeds match at the cottage next season. How about that? Paul? How about that? That's how about good. that? We put that out there. So um coming to the end of the show, Charlie. We're coming to the end of the show. What I always like to end the episode with, Paul, is just taking a moment and really thinking about what's going to happen with our industries in the future, okay? Because I'm getting older. We need people coming through. Um, We are inspiring our stars of the future all through these, these episodes, and we can only do that with the support of our sponsor, MHK Holding UK, and the brilliant guests. You're one of those guests. So to close the show out, Paul, what three three pieces of advice 
would you like to give our next generation? I would say I've been incredibly lucky throughout my career into having great bosses, um, really, really good people who've treated me well and really helped me expand. So I would say recruit your boss. Don't be recruited by somebody, but you're, especially in the in the market there is now, you're a very, very valuable person. Make sure you choose your boss more than the job. I'd say be authentic, be yourself, because it, um, people will warm to that. Uh, whoever you are, if you are truly yourself um, and you're prepared to put in the graft, then that will always come through. And finally, chase your dream. You know, why not? aim for the stars and you might end, end up on the moon. Um, but I, I think, the, did I do four there maybe? Um, but, uh, well, you do as many as you like, mate. You know, you, you know, it's, it's like we're on like Radio Free here. It's, like, it's just seamless. It's, it's, it's fantastic, mate. I mean, what you've said so far, okay, is you've told, you've told the listeners, stars of the future, you, you and you, you've said, pick a boss. Absolutely. Critical, critical, mentor, more important boss, than the job. You know, that, that absolutely critical. Pick a boss. You then said something we can all do. Be yourself. Be authentic. Yeah. Don't be fake. Don't, get, don't worry. Don't get imposter syndrome. Be yourself. Be authentic because it'll be okay. Pick a boss. Be authentic. And you've wrapped it up, which is something I say to every single person during, during a redundancy support or one-to-ones or just in conversation around employability, conversation around job searching. Believe, chase your dream. Absolutely. So pick a boss, be all feeling, chase your dream. Go on. Can I, in fact, just you mentioned something there about imposter syndrome, and we talked about Stephen Bartlett earlier, and he has a phrase that if you haven't got imposter syndrome, you're not pushing yourself. And I think that's such a typical Stephen Bartlett thing of, of looking on the positive side of things. So those people who think that, and there are so many, you know, I come across them as CEOs, as business owners, let alone, you know, starting off in their career. That imposter syndrome type of thing, you think you're, you know, wow, have I got here? It's because you're pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something to be celebrated. We, we had a guest on last season, and uh, he said, "Get comfortable feeling uncomfortable." Absolutely. You know? And, and I, honestly, I, I, I go to a meeting still. I, I click into a video call, and I have the same nerves I had 25, 30, 40 year ago. Not 40 years ago. So I'm only 48. So we really weren't working at eight. So let's say 30 years ago when I was 18. Um, but I still feel nervous. I still feel anxious. I still feel excited. I'm still up for it. But what you get is you get me. And what turns up is someone who will be passionate. I've got the ability to listen. But I will talk about my football team. I'll talk about my family. I'll talk about life because, actually, that's what I would do anyway. I've always done that. And I'll never apologise for it. And, and I think there, picking a boss, being authentic and chasing your dream, it's superb, mate. Absolutely superb. So, Paul... Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, I know Peter. the answer to all this already because we're both driving in the same direction <laughs> along the coast, but you're joining me for a bit of lunch? I certainly am. I'm looking forward to that because we will be going through the good old days and, uh, and probably chewing the fat around some people we like, some people we don't like, and some people we love. Um, there'll be some ears burning out there. There will be Peter. some ears burning, boys and girls. But listen, let's, let's wrap the show up by saying, Paul... 
from Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, to the Sunshine Coast of Eastbourne, you've had a lifetime in building materials. It's been a pleasure to get to know you better. Uh, I think I think there's definitely things we can do together. I can see that. Um, being local, you're someone who could be around a lot of the great stuff we're doing with this guy as well, because uh, Charlie's super talented. He's already a star, let alone a star Absolutely. in the future. Brilliant, Charlie. Thank you for listening. Shout out to the people of Huddersfield, all Charlie's <laughs> friends and Paul's family. Um, that was the end of episode six, where, where Paul Heverington and I were inspiring our stars of the future. Thank you to Marcel and MHK Holding UK for being a headline sponsor. Without you, this show doesn't happen. And without the listeners, this show doesn't happen. Always a pleasure, never a chore. We'll see you in the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as I said, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out next week's episode as we will keep inspiring our stars of the future.